Welcome to the 18th episode of the Catholic Duluth Show. Uh, the Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Holy Family in St. Lawrence in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Daniel Rota. I will be your host, as always, and with me, as always, I have Father Ryan Morabitz. How are you doing today, Father? Uh, I'm good, Daniel. You know, uh, 18 episodes so yeah. far. That's like... um. I don't know, is that a season? You know, are we almost completed with season one? I don't know how that works. You know, I mean, I, you know, if we were on Amazon, we, this would be like season three. Some of these seasons are now like six or six or eight episodes. I'm like, what is this, you know? But I was watching The Mandalorian. I was like, it's only, seriously, only eight episodes? Yeah. Like, like yeah. half an hour, right? Huh. Okay. <laughs> well, it's good, though. Yeah. Episode 18, folks. Yeah, it's great. It's great. We're grateful for, you know. for everybody listening and promoting the show. Yeah, whether you were with us at the beginning or just started listening recently. I know my mom's been listening, so she she, she loves it. So wow. shout out to Solid. my mom. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it's great. And today, for, for the 18th episode, we have a special guest. We have uh, Peter Brown, a uh, seminarian for the Diocese of Duluth, has been joining us. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Peter Brown is here for a couple weeks at the parishes. Uh, they have a J term at St. Thomas, and so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and his formation and stuff. So he's just following me around and seeing what life as a priest is like in the Diocese of Duluth. Yeah. At least for this priest. Yeah, so, so so you could say he's he's like your intern, kind of? Hey, yeah, th- no, the intern more works for you. I'm not, I mean, he's helpful. Yeah. He's very helpful, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, He's my protege. Would it, would, or, is that what they call it? Yeah, I'm an unpaid protege. Yeah. What, what, what about us in the Jedi world? I don't know why I'm going oh, to start. Padawan. A Padawan, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, seen Padawan learner, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, before we get too off track, we should at least start with a prayer. <laughs> yeah, so. That's a good idea. Uh, do you want to open us, Father? Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we love you. And we thank you for uh, the, the Christmas season and the new year. We thank you for just uh, giving us the beauty in the church of reminding us each year of your love for us and your desire to save us. Lord Jesus, we invite you into our conversation right now and, and, and just ask for your blessing upon us and that we might glorify you and, and shed light on whatever you'd like us to shed light on. And We also pray for all those who will listen and are listening, we just pray for your blessing upon them and that your grace would fill their week uh, with a goodness and bring, bring graces that are needed, be it peace of heart and mind or healing of heart and mind, uh, joy or strength or courage. We just pray for all those that um, are, are venturing out into maybe new things this year that you would just pour your blessings upon them as well. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, just enlighten our hearts and minds in this new year uh, and draw us close to, to you. We pray all this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for that. Yeah. Um, well, as we kind of normally start off these episodes, we like to talk about what's going on in the parishes this week. Um, and, well, you were recently come back from a, from a trip. Yep. Right? I, was, I was down, um, you know, about almost every January, I go to uh, priest friends. And uh, we spend a night or two out in Jersey with some other friends out there, and then we go down to Florida. And uh, it's really like wake up, have coffee, go for a walk, have breakfast, uh, clean up for the day, have lunch, get back from lunch, take a nap. After the nap, go for cocktail hour and go for supper. You've got mass. 
Well, there's mass in there too, right? <laughs> no, usually mass is right before lunch. Yeah. So mass is usually at 11.15 or 11.30. And depending on who we're going with, because we have other friends in Florida, so they usually come over too because they want to come over for mass. So we have mass just right where we stay. at the con There's a condo that some folks like to use. So. That sounds great. Yeah. So came back nice and refreshed. A, a little tan, I see. I got a little bit of sun. The weather was actually really nice. Um, yeah, and refreshed. You know, it's one of those things, too. Like, I probably, I really need to just schedule, like, a day or two days between getting home and hitting the ground running because I got home Sunday night, and, you know, yesterday was, uh, woo! It was Peter's first day with me, too, and I was like, whoo, man, you're getting the full on today. It's full <laughs> throttle today, everything that was happening and going on. Yeah. And today's kind of yeah. the same, you know, yep. so. But it's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what's, what's kind of going on this week? You know, so one of the things... Um, is that, you know, when it rains, it pours sometimes when it comes to people going to the Lord. And so we've just had a lot of people that have passed away and, and gone to the Lord here in the last really six weeks or so. Um, it's It's been a little bit of a whirlwind, um, but also a lot of blessings to be able to go and, you know, be able to go and pray with people um, and with families. And then um, we've just had a, a lot of funerals and we just finished another one today. Um, Sarge Larson, you know, he's, he was a great man, a great parishioner. Um, him and his wife Jen were married 65 years. Wow. You know, and uh, Jen was here today, and she she's just wonderful. She's just so good. I was just talking to her at lunch, you know, and um, they just have a beautiful and wonderful family. But uh, you know, one of the things is is that you know a lot of times around, seemingly around the holidays, there's a tendency for people to pass away. And I, as one of the families, one of the tables of the family brought that up too and we were kind of talking about yeah, it's it's strange sometimes how that happens you know uh, uh, around the holidays and why that is but we've had a lot of funerals and you know funeral ministry is a beautiful thing and when families are grieving it's it's quite a time to journey with them and to walk with them and so the, for instance here you know they, they have an opportunity to encounter me once or twice through the process or more usually um, and also the sisters because um, the sisters walk people through the, the funeral liturgy planning, so to pick the readings and help pick the music and what's going to happen during the Mass and help explain all of that. Um, and then families encounter our great funeral directors here in town, um, both with Doherty's and Lovermeyer, which are the, the most commonly used ones, but also at Beth Sunrise. Um, and so and there's just lots of people involved. And I think that's really good for families because there's lots of people wanting to care for you in the midst of that and um, take care of you. But also just the beauty of the funeral mass in particular, um, when a family or an individual chooses to have a funeral mass, it's so beautiful. It's just such a beautiful liturgy to offer up the prayer and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist you know, for one soul, you know, so that the soul would be fully and quickly purified um, for quick, quick entry into the fullness of God's kingdom. you know. Talk about purgatory. It's kind of like the, you know, some people would say it's the waiting room. It's it's the tunnel into the light, you know, and there's that tunnel can be long sometimes as we were purified by Christ's grace. So the Mass helps us get there, you know, and the prayers of our loved ones help us get there. So we've done a lot of that in the last six weeks or so. Um, and it, it's, been, uh, it's been good. So, and yeah, there's lots of dynamics. I was joking with you guys, you know, as we were getting started, like, I said, oh, I've eaten those mashed potatoes and gravy and meatballs, I don't know how many times in the last month. <laughs> uh, so uh, 
kind of talk to the caterers here. Are there, are there more choices? <laughs> like, can you like not show them the mashed potatoes and meatballs if we've already had them here four times in the last two weeks? You know, um, but it's all good. Uh, so yeah, so we have five funerals going right now. So we have four four funerals this week, and uh, we've got somebody who passed away last night, um, who we were able to be with and uh, with the family and pray. Peter, we came along yesterday, and we were able to pray with them and mm-hmm. um, anoint him and, and be with them uh, yesterday mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of our day. Um, and he passed away last night, and so we'll have another funeral uh, next week. And uh, yeah, so to all those who have, who have had funerals, you know, if you're if you're listening, you know, blessings to you. We know that it's tough, but it's also good. It's good to grieve. I'll end on this note because I'm looking at the clock here. And um, it, always remember, if you have a loved one who dies, like grieve it. Allow yourself to grieve. It's good to celebrate the life of, of one, which is really good. You need to celebrate that person's life and all those things. But also give yourself the freedom and the grace and the gift to grieve it. Sometimes people will not, you know, they try to ignore the grief. So, you know, they, they apologize for crying or they try not to cry. And I that, on a spiritual and even emotional, mental, psychological, all human levels, is I think it's silly to try to not cry or to not grieve. Let yourself grieve. I know there can be vulnerability in it, whatever. Let yourself grieve. You're going to be in a much better place if you let yourself go through that. You don't have to dwell in it. You know, you don't want to get stuck in it, Right? But you've got to go through it. And depending on who that person was for you and in your life, that grieving is going to take different amounts of time. And it will be expressed in different ways, you know. Um, but let yourself grieve, you know. Don't, don't kind of try to ignore it or push it away. Uh, it's just such a gift to be able to be given the time, like even just through the funeral mass. The funeral mass is a time to, yes, celebrate and acknowledge lots of graces and goodness from the person's life, God's mercy and his goodness. But it's also time to, to let go and to grieve the letting go. It's, it's just a super important thing. So, um, and, and a lot of people do that really well. It's beautiful when, when, when we see that. and It's healthy, you know. So I just say, never apologize for crying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've definitely he- heard you say that multiple I, I, times. Uh, but, which, but it's good, you know. It's good to, because I think in today's society, it's, it's easy to, to, ne- to think like, oh, I can't, I can't cry i can't you know whatever it is yeah uh so just to be able to to actually like have permission to yeah. be like have those emotions yeah you know? especially when it's somebody you loved who died yeah i mean my goodness somebody you loved has died and it's a major change in your life now it's a major loss and you're gonna miss them that's normal normal to to cry you know yeah. you know uh, it's okay if you do cry you know so yeah okay I get on that rant every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of crying, let's talk about seminary. Peter's... Yeah, uh, let's talk about seminary. <laughs> That's a good speaking transition. Crying. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to talk <day>. about <laughs> seminary. <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad I'm not there. Don't make me go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're very happy to have, have Peter with us, uh, not only just to join us for this podcast, but just you know, for the next couple weeks, right? Um, yeah. He's going to be with us. You'll probably see him around, around the parishes. Um, so yeah, I guess Peter, if you just want to kind of talk uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, and uh, kind of say mm-hmm. like, you know, how uh, maybe a, a little little vocation story, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so I grew up in the diocese. My um, home parish is the cathedral um, down on Fourth Street. So 
went to Holy Rosary School when it was um, K through eighth grade. So I actually went to um, Congdon Park for kindergarten, but uh, first through eighth grade, I went to Holy Rosary. Um, then I went to um, East High School. Go Denfeld, go Denfeld, uh, go Hermantown, okay, well, go Hermantown. Who, who won the game uh, last night? Yeah, I don't know. Well. I think East did, so. Uh, <laughs> Two-way, we're one A. We gave you quite a fight. Go Denfeld. No, was, okay, sorry. Game. You went no, to East High School. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, I went to East, East High School. Um, then after uh, that, I went directly to UMD. Um, shout out to the Newman Center and Father Mike. Um, great place over there. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess for that's kind of maybe where my vocation st uh, story kind of kicked off was um, at UMD. There was a, a focus missionary I met my freshman year, uh, Ben Burning, and um, sort of uh, walking with him the four years in college, uh, kind of most importantly what helped me discern my vocation was having a consistent uh, prayer life. I'd never prayed uh, daily before. So having that time with the Lord um, kind of opened up a path of communication where the Lord could plant a seed about maybe seminary or priesthood. And uh, and I, then I would be able to also see and receive the peace in that as well. Uh, and so after, you know, uh, meeting with Ben and going to UMD and of course, Father Mike there was a big help too. Uh, but I reached out to Father Ryan um, my summer after my junior year of college. I was working as a dishwasher um, for the summer, and I just thought, okay, well, kind of been putting off this uh, this sense of peace and call about seminary, and I, I didn't want to do that anymore because I, I knew I, I wanted to um, do what the Lord wants because that's what will bring peace. Um, so I reached out to Father Ryan, and I met with him uh, and did the extensive application process, a uh, bunch of interviews and autobiographies and stuff like that. And uh, then I got accepted and uh, subsequently accepted to St. Paul Seminary, and that's where I'm currently studying right now. Um, I'm in my pre-theology two year. So uh, for guys in seminary, um, there's typically either a six-year track or a four-year track. Uh, sorry, an eight-year track, six-year or eight-year track. Uh, the eight-year track is for um, guys who enter either right after or pretty soon after they graduate high school. They'll do uh, four years of minor seminary, which is a college degree, and then another four years of theology studies. But uh, for those that were in my situation, uh, who have a college degree already, then it's just an additional, um, just just an additional six years after. It's uh, a good attitude. It's just two years. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Just two years of more college, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two years of philosophy or pre-theology studies, and then after that, there's a uh, four years of theology. So that's where I'm. I'm now. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's so a bit of my vocation story. Yeah, so. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. And. Um, yeah, how, I guess, how is, uh, or what's it like to be, you know, a seminarian in uh, 2020? <laughs> you know, like, what, uh, what, what, what is, like, a normal, a normal day look like in the seminary? Because you, you have classes, right? And then a bunch of different other, like, kind of formation things. Right, yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, I always, I sometimes think to myself, what a time to be in seminary, because, uh, you know, there's, in the public sphere, there's a kind of a, growing, or I think it's it's maybe healing a little bit, but there was a, there's a big 
maybe skewed view of the church. Um, and so I, uh, I always think, like, what would someone who sees a seminarian think what they think, okay, why are you uh, joining a corrupt, uh, an organization that appears so corrupt from an outsider perspective? And so I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting, but uh, that doesn't really get to my head too much, but um, just an interesting time to be in seminary. But yeah, uh, so we, we have classes, uh, we pray. Um, so for instance, um, usually I have my alarm set for 6, o'clock-ish. Actually, my coffee maker is set for 5.50, and so... Yeah, right. It's set for, like, 10.50. Oh, no! It? You remember what it was like, Father. It's, it's We do get up early. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I like to wake up to the uh, smell of fresh-brewed coffee, but that's just me. So, uh, first obligation is mandatory morning prayer at 7 a.m. Then Jeez, 7 a.m., really? Yeah. What you guys, you, you got it easy. My seminary, we had 6.15 morning prayer. What, really? And 6.30 mass. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we had it tough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, okay. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to walk, walk up, uphill both ways? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. We did. We did. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> it was tough in my day, but okay, so, okay, so you're going to sleep in, yeah, and then you go to morning in, prayer. Yeah, okay. to whopping. So, yeah, <laughs> so morning prayer at 7 a.m., followed by uh, classes usually from 8-ish to 11, 15-ish, um, then followed by mass, and then lunch, and then more classes. Then we have time for homework in the afternoon, then... We have mandatory evening prayer, uh, usually at 5 p.m. And then the nights can be, I like to try to do my homework other times besides uh, during the, uh, the, the like evenings after evening prayer because I like to have the time for fraternity. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we watch movies. Uh, we'll, I've been into uh, uh, boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu a little bit, too, so that's been fun to get some combat training and, <laughs> and exercise too. So, uh, yep, and so then usually hit, hit the hay around 10, 30, 11. So. Um, I mean, one of the things you love is music, yeah? Yeah. So you've yeah. had, you played in the Ali Aliyah band when... I did. And for our, our parish yeah, picnic, yeah, you, were, yeah. you were up on stage there playing with Ali, and yep. then you, um, uh, you're going to play here tomorrow night um, for yeah. our adoration yeah. time. Yeah. That's that's tomorrow night. It yeah, is. So Wednesday night, um, Wednesday night you'll be playing with Justin Costeca for our adoration time with the kids. And that, and that starts at eight p.m. I think, right? Yeah, eight yeah. p.m. Yeah. Um, so what? You're a piano player. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so I I was trained in classical piano, um, but I switched over to more jazz. My junior year of high school is when I started taking jazz piano lessons, and then that's what I went to school for as well in college. So. Uh, I, I, I style myself to be a, a jazz pianist. I mean, I, I can play classical if I work on it, but my classical sight reading skills are not very good. Um, I'm really like an improviser at heart. Um, and I also play present worship stuff. But again, that's, it's not really notes on a page. It's more of, um, improvisatory nature. Um, but yeah, there's, which, you know, I, maybe for a different time, but I think there's a lot of connections between, um, God as the ultimate improviser and creator um, because he does not write from a script. He creates um, out, out of nothing, right? Ex nihilo. Um, so as the same way 
maybe if I can model that a little bit as a jazz musician, you know, creating something out of nothing, um, that's maybe I can partake a little bit in the divine nature in that simple way. But that's for a different time. But <laughs> sound like a philosopher. I like philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one of the uh, things I'm, uh, you know, you're studying philosophy right now. Can you talk about your experience with studying philosophy? So folks, yeah. you know, we're required to study philosophy before we study theology so that we can think rationally and also mm -hmm. know sort of the history and the development of, of human thought um, through the ages and how, and the different, the different schools of thought because it, it, it does help to understand how theology also developed and is articulated through the centuries. But mm. um, so philosophy, nonetheless, the philosophy is really important to really be able to study at, at a deeper level theologically. So what, what's your experience with philosophy right now? Yeah, um, so I am of, of the seminarian camp who really enjoys my philosophical studies. Um, some guys come in, um, there's, there's like the stereotype of guy who comes in maybe in his later 40s or even 50s who's, who's maybe worked as a plumber or something and after his uh, plumbing uh, career he comes in and he starts to learn about epistemology and metaphysics and he's just thinking why do I have to learn about all this abstract um, impractical stuff um, but like you're just saying father um, it's it's so important to have a foundation of philosophy because um, philosophy I think the the etymology of the word means something of a love of, of wisdom, um, but it's basically to train your reason uh, to be able to think. And if your theology is not done in a context of philosophy, um, you can run into a lot of problems. And I think um, our some of our our our, uh, our Protestant uh, brothers and sisters, um, at, at least in the past, there there there's maybe a fear in there about. Uh, fully adopting reason as it as if maybe could conflict with faith um, but as Catholics we believe that you know faith and reason faith and philosophy uh, are two wings by which we uh, assent to God so theology really has to be it's important for it to be framed in rational thinking so so the whole faith can have a coherence uh, to it um, so yeah I mean philosophy it can be a drag sometimes, especially for some guys. But uh, really, it's a very, uh, it's a very important framework for from which to build on. Um, which I guess you'd probably agree with that. Did you enjoy your philosophy studies, Father? I did. Um, I, I I really did. Uh, you know, because it because it, it can be like it's it's it can be some of, some of the f philosophers and reading some of them can be really challenging and difficult and dry and boring and. Some of them you just like you're wacko, you know. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the what's called Thomistic Aristotelian, you know, thinking. And so mm -hmm. it's the thinking of Saint Thomas Aquinas, who's a great philosopher actually and a great theologian, um, and also um, Aristotle. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what a lot of our Catholic theology is rooted in is Aristotelian thinking. So the thinking of Aristotle and his 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 language and his thinking and his reasoning about reality and humanity yeah. and everything. And then that's picked up by the, the theologians through the centuries, particularly St. Thomas Aquinas. So it's Thomistic Aristotelian thinking that I really appreciate. And also the thinking of St. Augustine, who also is a great theologian but philosopher. I mean, so, and then you have all these other, through the centuries, you have a lot of different philosophers that you, you have to look at to 
you have to know other thoughts so you can understand your thoughts actually even better. So it is yeah. good to learn things that maybe you don't agree with or your worldview or your theological view is maybe different, but you have to be able to understand how other people think and how other people approach the world or have and how that's formed cultures and societies um, and how our thinking has formed cultures and you know our own Catholic culture, for instance, and the own ca- our own Catholic society as we are as a church. It's so important, and it's but it's also very vast. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a rant here. I did like my philosophical yes. studies. No, yeah, I no. enjoyed them a lot, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I necessarily want to go back there and don't really do any <laughs> philosophical <laughs> reading now. But when I go visit the seminaries, I do love to go sit in classes and, like, listen yeah. to it, and it just... It gets my heart pumping and my mind moving, and I love that. So Yeah. If I could just say one thing, what for you're saying about um, the importance of philosophy in regard to understanding not only your views but also other people's views, I think that is so key because if you, when you study the history of philosophy, you can start to see um, where the current ideas of our culture, where some of those have taken root in uh, thinkers of the past, um, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of examples that I could give that I won't get into, but um, where you see how, wait, what the thought is today and specifically where it came from, you can trace that back to specific thinkers, and it's so interesting to see how ideas permeate the culture and they permeate uh, the thought of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of, our, uh, of us and um, of our contemporary thinkers. So it's, it's interesting that way, too. Huh. Yeah. That's all great. I mean, I think, uh, especially as the deeper I go into my faith, the more that I love and that I want to learn about the, like, th- like get into the different, like, philosophical, like, ideas of the church and, like, read up on the, like, theology. And, I mean, it's it's dense. Like, and there's a lot of it, you know? Yeah, there's a lot to be learned out there. A um, lot of thinking and a lot of... 2,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even even further than that. Oh right, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, depending yeah. on where, where right. you're. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, talking about in the confines of the church. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Absolutely. But you're right. It's further than that. Yeah. Yeah. Then because that yeah. that thinking even because really the thinkings of the church go back into the Old Testament. I mean, yeah. so our our thinking and our way of life goes is rooted back through the Old Testament times. So you're talking really forty five hundred, five thousand years, you know, or or more. Right. This development of thought and revelation and society and the actions of God and the actions of human beings. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to think, you know, there's a lot to, to look at and there's this common thread all the way through and then there's all these elements in it um, that vary and are, are different dynamics. But, yeah. It's great studying philosophy because you kind of look back and you can, I was, I was just sharing something with somebody the other day from like the, the 15th century, you know, a, a reading and I was like, this, sh- you know, like y- you're gonna like this because you're gonna realize that humanity has always been the way humanity is. You know, so like there's nothing new under the sun in many ways. So stay calm. You know, stuff happens, as they say. You know, and we move forward and we 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 grow, and that's the goal: is to grow and continue to move. You know, so mm. I know uh, we can we can close up here in a little bit, but I know. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about uh, kind of like New Year's and New Year's resolutions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Father Ryan kind of walked us through the different, like the four kind of kind of pillars of that they use in seminary formation. Um, and that's something when, when I was with Focus, we used the same kind of uh, we adapted a little bit. But we used the same pillars. 
um, for our formation. And I know that's something that's just been really awesome for me. So maybe what what's like a couple highlights in throughout the last couple of years of your like seminary formation that you would pick out as like, hey, you know, if people are trying to turn over some new leaves, leaves this year, what uh, what what are maybe some things that you would uh, encourage them to do? Um, well, I mean, because we're talking about philosophy, I mean, so the 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 intellectual, uh, well, so the the four pillars, as you had mentioned, there's the pastoral, the spiritual, the human, um, and the intellectual. Um, but I guess I'll just say something about, um, I guess, the the intellectual again, since we're talking about it. But uh, I, I've realized that, uh, so I liked philosophy before I joined seminary, but um, even learning more um, and just thinking and being around people who think and talking about ideas and things like that um, has really helped me to broaden my understanding um, of, of the world. And I really do feel a tangible like change in how I, per- how I perceive things, how I, I, I uh, think about things. Um, and a lot of that is from uh, reading, but also having conversations that maybe go a little bit deeper than your, uh, your, your the, the superficial, you know, like the weather, which is, is good things to talk about. But um, I guess it, if, if someone was kind of wondering how to, you know, get deeper in the intellectual pillar, I would uh, suggest maybe uh, trying to maybe think of a topic like maybe just God or beauty or anything like that and just trying to talk about it with somebody at a deep level um, because I think we can be scared to, to go to that deep level. But when, when we engage at that deep level, I think it can help us to uh, uh, be more comfortable with it, and and uh, God is deep, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. That yeah. Was was that yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Well, I got w- one last question, really yeah. quick. Why be a priest, Peter? Oh well, to serve Jesus Christ. But um, that's uh, that's my that's my ultimate reason. But yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a musician. I could have um, I could have chosen to pursue creative music, but um, I just it's really important to do what the Lord wants you to do because that's what will bring peace. Um, so why be a priest? Because I love God and I want to do what um, his will is for my life. That's where, that's where ultimate peace will come from. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good. It's good to have you here, Peter. Thanks for having me. Glad you're in the good. parish, folks. I yeah. hope you get a chance to meet him. If you, uh, if you see him around, uh, say hello to him. Um, he'll be at masses on the weekends and you'll have a chance. You'll, you'll see him up there and have a chance to, to see who he is. So uh, certainly greet him and give him your support and your prayers yeah. as he's discerning God's will to, to maybe be your pastor someday, as I always say. <laughs> be nice to the seminarian. He could be your pastor. <laughs> he might do your funeral someday, so be nice to him. <laughs> That's good. Blessings <laughs> to you, Peter. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.